welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hyper-sexualized times. And in today's episode, Benji and I are talking about a very critical issue, which is stress. Now, stress is a massive reason why so many people go to porn. They get stressed out of their minds. They don't know how to deal with all these thoughts, these overwhelming thoughts and feelings that they have. So they just numb themselves with whatever addiction they have. And for a lot of people, that's porn. And so we get into the weeds of how to avoid stress in the first place. And if it does come your way, how to deal with it productively. And this will help you over the long term in terms of your sexual integrity, but also in terms of life in general. Stress is one of the leading causes of heart problems, neurological problems. It wreaks havoc on our systems, on all systems in our body, in our mind, and our soul. If you can deal with stress in a healthy way, you'll be ahead of the game. That actually is the name of the game, is getting ahead of your stress. So that's what this episode is about. I hope you can listen to it in its entirety because if we can all deal with our stress as well, then we won't be stressed out and we'll be in a creative state and we can start to create the world that we want rather than reacting to the world that presently exists, which is ever so stressful. So please enjoy this episode about stress starring Benji and myself. Welcome back, you little friends of ours. Friends of ours. You little big and little friend. Little and big alike, everyone. It's not bad being little. My whole life I believed that there's this one girl when I was small that called me a shrimp, and it stuck with me. And then I was like, I'm going to grow. And then I just never did. Then I realized being small is the most environmentally friendly decision you can ever make in life. So There you go. Way to rationalize your airplanes you want to be small trust me there's a lot of good situations so anyway all you big people we love you too small people we love you too welcome to the show how you doing Benji? your hair looks spectacular oh thank you so much have you ever been to like mexico isn't mexico the shortest on average country or one of the shortest countries i don't know have you ever i haven't gone around country? measuring people <laughs> you know i was in indonesia some of those asian mm-hmm. countries they're pretty small i think people used to have a concept that Japanese people were small and Chinese people were small until Yao Ming started popping up. There's some really, really tall Mongolians. So everybody, we wanted to give you some practical advice about stress management today, specifically because it's a game changer if you can understand what stress is and how to deal with it. So many people end up in porn because they're stressed out of their minds and they have no idea how to get these feelings out of them or through them or process them. So they just take the most mind-numbing thing they can, and that's usually porn. Mind-numbing is all being numbing. So we just wanted to give you some practical guides on understanding it, first of all, so we can get into the understanding part, and then what to do with it part. And we're not experts. We didn't study it, but we both have three kids in a modern world. We work out of our bags. We travel a lot. We do everything that could potentially kill us and yet we're not dead not only that but we're happy and we're thriving so to that extent we are professionals so what you got to say about your understanding of stress because we were talking a little bit before this my experience with stress in relation to porn porn is a form of extreme escapism i often think about from the perspective of 100 years ago 200 years ago we didn't have access to not nearly as many supernormal stimuli hyperstimulating activities like video games, like social media, like porn, like phones, anything. It's like an evil trick 
we've been placed in this time in history where we have instant access to the most available forms of escapism you can imagine. Because I remember when I was really, really struggling with stress and relating it to porn, I remember the feeling of being stressed out of my mind and then just being totally relaxed within like a second, which on the surface seems like it's a good idea. And it's very easy to justify. It's like, oh, like I smoke because it relaxes me. It's like, yeah, it's good because it's stress relief or porn is good because it's stress relief. But what happened to me, what happened to guys over a long period of time and women, long period of time is you develop a dependency on that stimulant just to not be stressed. And so for me, it was noticing I was becoming more and more stressed and more and more anxious and more and more angry, even though I could justify and say, oh, this is good stress relief, but I was becoming more of it. And to the point where I was just like, wow, this isn't helping me at all, but it's actually making me more and more dependent on the thing just to not feel stressed. And then my experience became noticing like, oh, it's not just porn. It's actually wanting to run away to stuff and noticing when I just wanted to be alone and watch YouTube or just be alone and goof around online. If you can imagine that when you're really stressed in the moment, something like porn is so alleviating in the moment because you just forget about why you're stressed. And if your mind is distracted, then it stops sending signals to your body that you're stressed out. So you don't feel as stressed. But it's basically the pause button that you're pressing. And then as soon as the porn's gone, like when you have bad Wi-Fi connection and then somebody stops, they freeze. And then when they stop freezing, they start talking really fast to catch up. That's kind of like your stress catches up with you and then some. It builds up. It like accumulates. You don't feel it necessarily in the moment. It feels like you're doing yourself a good service by escaping it. But it comes back with a vengeance. Because it's plotting. It's not asleep. It's like outside the gate and it's inviting more friends. And as soon as it finds a little hole in your protection, in your moat or whatever, in the walls of your palace, it will just come after you with greater force. To me, stress feels like I can't breathe. I can't think clearly. That chaos in my mind starts to send all these signals to my body. Oh, something bad is happening. And then my breath becomes very short up high up breathing and very small short breaths which makes my body freak out even more i feel like i'm hyperventilating sometimes this is almost like a panic attack but it's just like pre-panic attack but i realized that i was like that a lot my whole life because i'm very sensitive but it builds and it builds and it builds even if you go to porn it's the same as even if you just don't deal with it because even after i stopped watching porn when i was out in new york i was a pastor new york is just super stressful and I didn't deal with my stress. So it just built and built and built until I just felt like I was strangling. It yeah. actually felt like I couldn't breathe. It was such a terrible feeling. So that's like the accumulation yeah. of stress just squishes you. It feels so tight. This feeling of like the walls are closing in and it's so uncomfortable in your own life. And you can't escape it because it's metaphysical. It's like in your mind, it's in your heart. So there's no escaping it. You got to deal with it or you got to numb it. And that's why I think a lot of people go to substances because that's how they feel normally, social anxiety or any type of anxiety, stress. It's so cumbersome that if you don't know how to deal with it, you just want to press the button that says eject. And that's usually in the form of an addiction. I think there's a really important caveat with stress is that the feeling of stress is a feeling that's a yeah. response to a stressor. We know very well that people handle stressors in different ways. Like I was on the plane one time watching a mom. She, she had like four little kids with her. You know, they're all like crying and screaming. And she was just laughing, smiling and having a good time. And I was like, wow, this is someone that has mastered managing stressors because 
the typical response to that is usually like, oh, this is such a stressful experience. Yes, but how we respond to stress is everything. I'll tell you a quick story of when I was going to work in New York City because you made me remind me of this. (laughs) I was really, really stressed just walking through New York, (laughs) stepping in gum, having a pigeon like hit me in the head and then seeing a giant rat the size of a laptop. I was just like, I came home one day from work and I was talking with Hitoe and I was like, it's so hard working in New York City. I just want to escape. I want to quit. I can't handle it. And so her advice for me changed everything. She said, why are you stressed out? And I was like, well, because I'm seeing all of the dirtiness of humanity. I'm just like noticing all the stuff and the self-centeredness and all the stuff that I was focusing on. And she was like, well, just look at the sky then. And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. So when I started walking in New York City, I started looking up at the beautiful sky because I was trying to manage the stressor of walking through New York through either responding with anger and stress and like, this is the worst, or I was trying to escape and run away and just say, oh, I just want to quit. Where in reality, life is more like there's usually a lateral third option, which is just to learn how to deal with it and just learn how to become somebody that can manage that stressor and not let it come to the point where it's affecting me to be stressed out and angry and irritable and anxious. And so I always am like talking with guys who are messaging me every day who are in the program, like, I'm so stressed out today. I can't handle school anymore. I can't handle work anymore. And I keep having to remind them, stress is not bad. Stressful experience is not inherently bad or evil. It's unpleasant, yes, but it's not evil. And the danger of thinking that stress is bad is we feel like it's a situation that shouldn't exist, where in reality, life will be stressful. That's guaranteed. There will be stressful events in life. You cannot avoid that. So the only option is A, B, or C. It's like A, you deal with stress in an angry way and you just push back. Or C is that you just succumb to it and you get hit. Or the lateral option is just to let it pass. It's like if you're fighting someone and you can imagine like someone punching you, the reaction is either like, oh, we have to get hit or we have to hit back. There's always another option where you can just move out of the way. Or you can learn jujitsu and grapple them to the ground and get them in a chokehold. That would be the (laughs) reacting part. There is always an option, which is you can just move out of the way and just keep walking. So for me, it's been very liberating. And also for the guys is like, if you look at stress as just a natural part of life, but question how we respond to that stress, either through wanting to escape it and run away, squash it, or to release it, which is usually in the form of talking to someone about it, which is typically why people that know how to talk about stress do really well with stress. It's because that's probably one of the most natural forms of releasing something that we had access to through all of human history. A hundred years ago, it was either you talk to somebody, you move your body, you exercise, you walk or run, pray, meditate, internalize. Those are pretty much the only options that we had through all of history. Yeah, so in his new book, that guy Gaber Mate, he really outlines the fact that so many diseases when you get older, up until arthritis even, neurological disorders, like it's funny that I forget the name. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. <laughs> A lot of that is from suppressed emotion. If you push things down, emotionally, it actually gets stored in your body in a very unhealthy way because you're not processing. It gets stuck Mm -hmm. in your body and it creates all this lag. That can sound kind of metaphysical or kind of woo-woo, but if you think it in a very practical way, if you're feeling anger, it's sending signals to your body that something's happening and you should be angry. So your heart rate is changed. Mm -hmm. The way that you're pulsating blood and all that is not relaxed and not restorative and not helpful. It's like pumping at an extra rate. And so if you live in a prolonged system like that, then there's this accumulation that occurs that like a machine, if one part of the machine starts breaking down, it impacts all the other systems in the machine. 
and everything starts breaking down. So the first point that you're talking about is interpretation, that we can't change the world, but we can absolutely change how we interpret certain things that are happening to us or around us. How we do that will determine whether we're inherently stressed at the end of the day or whether we deal with it in a good way. I remember there was a study where they had Buddhist monks meditate. They're like, I've been training for many, many years, but they got them to train with the sound of explosions because in the beginning, it would knock them off course during their meditation. They couldn't concentrate because of these abrasive, obnoxious sounds these disturbing sounds of explosions. It's just really jarring to your system. But they learned how to relax during while those sounds were going off. And when they went into society, they wouldn't react to crisis when everybody else was freaking out. Like there's a car accident over here and everybody's like, oh my God. They were just calm and they didn't react physiologically. Like their senses weren't tuned to freak out. They were more calm. And so I think there are so many benefits to preemptively. So first conversation that we're talking about is interpretation, how you choose to interpret situations like that person who sticks their middle finger up at you when you're driving Benji in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Benji had a traumatic time here in Colorado of really bad drivers that I think there's only two in all of Colorado and you met them both. There's like a parade of them because I haven't met these guys, but how you interpret other people's aggression. You can just let it slide off you and be like, oh, that person's having a bad day. Or you can personalize and say, oh, that person's after me. Because to be honest, your brother one time, I saw him <laughs> lose his mind in a van once that he was driving and he forgot that my family was in the van and his wife was in the van. And eventually he came to his senses. Thank God. So the first thing is interpretation. But I wanted to get into the preventative side of stress because you can interpret stuff in real time much more easily if you've done your work ahead of time. Just like if you show up for a test and you've done your homework, you can breeze through that test. You look at the material like, oh, I know this stuff. I got this. I think in my high school career, I did that one time. I like had a good test. So I kind of know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in real life, I actually know the feeling very well because for me, that's meditation. And I can tell very, very, very clearly if I've been doing my meditation at night and in the morning, when stress comes, it goes right through me. It's like, oh yeah, that's happening. Cool. Well, how do we deal with it? And I'm like very sober-minded. I'm like, okay. And if I don't do my meditation, it's like, ooh, automatically my Scorpio side comes out. I'm like, ooh, I'll get you, you little scoundrels. And I'm just like so irritable and old manish, sitting on a rocking chair with a gun. That side of me comes out. If I don't do that preventative work, okay? It's night and day. A lot of people don't believe that they can change their reaction to situations, but if you run the drills, and that means like do your meditation, do your breath work, do your prayers, read your scriptures, do that as strengthening the person that you wanna be so that that lower self doesn't pop up, that Hulk side of you doesn't have the strength to pop up, your chances of making the right decision in a heated moment, increase dramatically. What are your preventative things that you do? It's just been having the experience of learning how to back away from stress and having the confidence that I know how to do it. So there's like a threshold for me that it's like, oh, I've done this before and I know how to backtrack from that because I've done it before. So it just gives me confidence that like, oh, 
I know how to deal with stress now. So upping my game in the level of threshold that I know how to surpass has given me the confidence that I can. So anytime I am stressed about something small, like whatever related to relationships, my wife, the kids, finance, whatever it is, I just remind myself, like, I've done this before, man. I know how to deal with it. Yeah. Practically speaking, it's like talking with somebody about it. And it's always been my wife, and I've said this before, but I've always found that I need to have wider support nets in my life to be able to deal with difficult emotions. So I talk with my brother every week. I talk with my dad every week or every other week. And it's like those safety nets are where I can talk about stuff. Because like, I fully respect people that can just meditate like you <laughs> and pray and manage stress. I have not cracked the code on that yet. So I found that it's easier for me to just to talk to somebody. Ideally, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I just talk to God or go on a prayerful walk in nature and just feel like, ah, oh, at peace. I've tried that for a long time. And I just found that talking to somebody is the fastest way for me to deal with the stress. I wanted to share like real quick story of a guy Maybe I've talked about him before, but the lesson that he learned was really valuable because he was going through a, a pretty dire separation with his wife because of his porn addiction. She found out about it and a lot of trauma. And so they ended up splitting up and she kind of left temporarily. And so he was really depressed and really sad and stressed out. And he was like, man, I just want to watch porn because I'm so stressed. And I'm like, okay. And so I gave him an option. I was like, you can go to watch porn to manage the stress. Your stress will still be there. Or you can take the lateral option, which is to learn how to talk with somebody about his stress that he's dealing with. So he started talking with his dad. He actually moved back to his parents' house to like spend more time with his dad and to talk with his brother about his stress. And he never went back to porn. He still, many, many months later, never went back to porn. And we talked again. I was like, you understand that how important the lesson you learned from this is? Because you learned and you can etch into your mind that I can handle the most stressful thing in my life and I don't need to escape. Because I know I have that under my belt in my back pocket and I can play that anytime I'm stressed. And that's really yeah. the, the lesson that's learned. And that's what I mean when I say leveling up in the threshold of stress that we can manage is just having the confidence. Like I've dealt with stuff like this and I know how to do it. And I think that's why people who are more weathered in life, more experienced in life, like older folks, they just more calm because they know they've had experiences of dealing with stuff and they just know that they can do it. As opposed to like a teenager who's like stressing out because of school because getting a bad grade. And I'm like, Dude, just don't worry about that. <laughs> like, just don't worry about that. Yeah, that's really good. Everybody's got to find their way, for sure. Like you said, I do think that everybody can meditate, and I think everybody should try. It's not easy for me. And to be honest, right now, I've been on a streak of not doing it, and mm. I'm undisciplined again. And I'm starting to set another condition to get myself back into it because I did it for years, and I know the benefits. It's easy to work out when you're working out every day. It's hard to not work out because you feel weird. When you stop working out, it's hard to work out again. And it's the same thing with meditation. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. I wanted to mention this idea of stress inoculation because I learned this a few years back and I've been doing this a lot. So stress inoculation is introducing controlled things of stress, like portions of stress into your life 
in a way that you can control so that when things that are out of your control, you're not nearly as stressed. So one example of that is cold showers. It's very stressful to have a cold shower because when you think about it, you're like, oh, this is going to suck. And then your body prepares for the suckiness of that cold water hitting you. And the whole thing is like, you have every reason not to do it because it's optional. I did it for like seven years straight. Then I took two years off and then I've been back on it for a few years that every time I take a shower, I always end with cold water. And the reason I do this is because I don't want to do it the most when I'm at my weakest. And that's when I'm most susceptible to stress. And that's when I know I need to do it even more. So I do it when I don't need to do it. And I do it especially when I need to do it, which is when I don't want to do it. Right? When I'm looking at the shower, I like, I don't need to do it today. That's when I'm like, oh, oh, oh I see you. I see you right there. And I grab myself and I do it. You got to do it in healthy doses, but fasting is kind of like this. You're kind of making yourself uncomfortable, which stresses you out a little bit, but you have to know why you're doing it. You have to have an internal reason for doing it. Otherwise, it's just useless pain. But if you have a clear, sober reason for doing it, it's incredibly helpful to give yourself a small dose of controlled stress. And going to the gym is like that. You're literally stressing out your body. You're tearing your muscle tissues so that they can grow back stronger, but there's benefits to it. So there's actually a show that I've been watching with my family. Disney owns everything. And one thing that they own is National Geographic. And they have a show with Thor, with Chris Hemsworth called Limitless. And every show is about how he's trying to prolong his life. And one episode is all about stress. And it talks about how introducing yourself to stress in small doses is actually super healthy for you. So if you have access to that show, I would highly recommend it. For him, they got him to go to a really high skyscraper and walk at the very top of it. He's afraid of heights and they don't recommend that people do that. But it was like a metaphor for the need to put yourself in stressful situations so that you can deal with the stress in a healthy way in a controlled environment so that when real stress comes at you, you're like, I know this test. I've taken this test before and I can pass this bigger test. You're familiar with it. So you're not completely off kilter when stress comes your way. Benji, do you have any advice for, let's say they've been doing some preventative work. Let's say they've been meditating or talking to their dads or their brothers or sisters or whatever. They've been doing this work and they're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, but then stress still comes their way. Do you have any productive ways that you found that really work for you or for the guys that you take care of? Well, I think number one is knowing that stress will always come our way. And the tendency in life is that the more responsibilities we have, the more stresses will come our way. Again, I allude to the point, like I talk frequently with people that I wonder like, how is this person so chill? They have a baby that's crying and they're talking on meetings at the same time. They're just like laughing. And again, I always go back to that mom with four kids in the airplane, just smiling. Like that's beautiful. <laughs> Not in a sexual way, but that's like super attractive to me to see someone like that. That's probably the most attractive woman that I could think of, probably because my wife is like that. Just like chill all the time and doesn't let stressors or things come that way, just knock them over. So preemptively knowing that the more we practice dealing with stressors in a productive way, the better we come at it. And I think there is a way to hijack it and fast track it. It's easy to think like, oh, maybe, you know, when I get older, I'll be better at this. I don't think it's a linear thing. If X, Y, Z happens, then I'll be better at managing stress. Like if I have kids or if when I'm married or blessed, I'll be able to manage stress. I think it's being deliberate and strategic about it and just noticing it more and more. Because we all know people who are like in their 60s, or older people who are really, really bad at managing stress. Some of your parents are just older and really bad at managing stress. 
some people who are really young, like teenagers and people in their 20s, are really good at it. Like we've noticed, right? It's not just age and experience. I think a part of just being deliberate with the time that we spend, how we choose to respond to these stressors. So I think first and foremost, it's a good perspective to have. And I like drill this so hard into guys who are in the program in high noon. Stress is not inherently evil or bad. We experience stress for a God-given reason. There's a reason that stress is a thing. If it's done in productive small doses, it can be very, very beneficial. It can be motivating for us to do stuff, to work, to like get off of our butts and actually make stuff happen. But it's destructive when we choose to link that negative emotion with something that's destructive. Like porn, you guessed it, video games, alcohol, drugs, social media, phones, is when you link a negative emotion with a supernormal stimulant. That's how an addiction is formed. That's how dependencies are formed. So it's like not by itself. It's not inherently wrong thing or bad thing. It's just how do we respond to that? Yeah. In New Jersey, Sancho is talking about a study that she read about when your body is stressed out and you take a picture of what the brain looks like and what the body looks like, it's identical to when you're about to do something courageous or new, right? Something even that you really want to do for the first time. It looks the exact same because you're stressing your old self out. It means you're expanding yourself. I remember very clearly like the first many times I did stand-up comedy or any kind of comedy was I was having a panic attack. I was stressed out of my mind because I'm an introvert. So I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I remember the hardest thing. I just told this to my son the other day. The hardest thing that you can ever do is like the 10-foot walk between side stage and the microphone. Every step, you're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. And then you just grab the microphone and then you just go for it. But the flip side of that is I've had the most miraculous moments of my life when I just broke through that. But if you looked at my body, I guarantee you my heart was palpitating. I guarantee you my breath was short. It resembled being stressed out in every way, shape or form. But I was stressed out in a productive way. It's not inherently bad, like you said. And also, not only does it not necessarily get better over time naturally it gets so exponentially more complicated when you start having kids there's this one guy matt walker who's like my nemesis because he always talks about how much sleep you're supposed to get and all this i'm like this dude cannot have little kids in his house like he's such a piece of garbage because he's like you need to have eight hours or you're gonna die and it's like when was the last time you had a kid kick you in the eyeball at three in the morning and you could sleep soundly like shut up i think your awareness that you can control life shrinks to nothing when you have little kids. You're like, I can control very little about this situation. When your kids get sick, when they're having a temper tantrum, all this stuff, and you just have to deal with it. Otherwise, you become such a stressed out person. You start screaming at your kids. Your health goes down the tubes. So if you're single and you're listening to this, learning how to manage your stress is such a fundamental pillar of being a good spouse and being a good parent subsequently that it's non-negotiable. It's either dealing with it now in a healthy way, talking to people about your stress, dealing with meditation, this kind of stuff, or just be overwhelmed with stress in the future. Those are your options. I don't think life is gonna get any easier. I think life would get easier when we had more technology and it's actually making us more stressed out than ever. We're more stressed than we've ever been because we're not in nature. We're not doing natural things. We're always on a device. And this is stressing us out in every way, shape, or form. So technology is not going to save us. We're the only people that can save us. And that's by learning how to cope with stress productively. And if you are married, please know that you can course correct. You can rewire yourself so that you don't react. You're not as reactive. You can calm yourself down. And it is practice. 
It's a skill set that you have to learn if you don't already have it. Studies are showing that the first three years of life in plus, so it's like from conception to first three years of life, how stressed you are impacts the development of your child's brain. So it's so important that you're not stressed out around your kids because even if you don't express it, but the way that you are around your kids, they pick up on your energy so clearly. They're very sensitive. Learning how to cope with stress is impacts how well your child's brain develops, for God's sake. So if that's not incentive, I don't know what is. So learning how to cope with stress will help your sexual integrity for sure, but it just helps every facet of your life, including longevity of your life and the safety and wellness of your children, for God's sake. But I think people just are very lax about being stressed. They're relaxed about being stressed. Isn't that weird? Isn't that ironic? It's just stress, man. It's cool. Yeah, man. Just like have some opium, man. Come on. The most recent form of stress management has been anger. And it's like for many years, it was a very easy reaction to justify because anger is a response usually to fear of something or stress. And so just maybe in the last six months, I feel like I've really cracked the code on anger. And I'm just sharing this because maybe it's helpful for people because I realized that I was using anger as a response to deal with stress. It's kind of a coping mechanism or like a crutch. It's an easy way to just escape. But my anger was more like silly things like, you know, playing with the kids and getting hit in the eyeball, right? Like middle of the night or something not going my way, something really simple or whatever, spilling milk or my plate on the floor or the kids spilling. These are very specific examples. (laughs) Then like the, the anger monster would flare up. And then I realized yeah. that I was talking with Kojin because he was really angry at one point and we were just kept having a conversation. And I was like, why are you angry? And he was just like whining and screaming and that kind of stuff. And I was like, Kojin, if grandma was here right now or your best friend was here right now, would you be angry? Would you be screaming like this? And he was like, no. And I was like, why? And then he kind of stumped him, right? And I was like, so you can control your anger. So you can't control it. And so I called my mom like right in the moment, I like FaceTimed her and he just calmed down. And so what I realized is that he could control his anger It's just that he needed proof that he could. And for him, that moment actually was a big threshold that he passed. And I realized for my own self in that moment, I was like, man, I actually choose to be angry when I'm alone or when I'm just with my family. If I was in any situation, whether it was people, like coworkers, or if I was playing volleyball, if I was at church, I would never get angry because I don't want people to see me like that, right? Which is proof to me and myself that I choose to be angry and I can control it. So after I realized that, I was like, man, I don't need to be angry. And ever since that moment, I haven't been. Like, honestly, God, I have not been angry at anything. So anger is a natural, healthy emotion. It's, again, what you do with it, I think. To be angry if somebody's being violent towards your family, that's perfectly healthy and justified. But how you channel that anger and if you use it productively, because I find that if I'm angry at somebody or something, a situation, and I stew over it, then it just starts to take over and then it really impacts me in a negative way. But if I channel that anger into something like, okay, what am I going to do about it? I remember very clearly, I was really angry at this geopolitical figure. I'm not going to mention them just because they were acting very recklessly. And I just sound so stupid. Well, what am I going to do anyway? What I'm going to call them up and have a showdown with them. So I was like, I just started doing sit-ups like crazy. And I was just thinking about them, like, I'm going to get in such good shape. You're going to just like crash into my abs and slice your face. And like, I just that like, they might change such good shape that they might change. <laughs> yeah. I just used it and then it was gone. It seems to show pretty clearly that any form of suppression, it leads to long-term unhealth, even just in the 
immediate short term of immune system. Like your immunity takes a hit when you suppress stuff. So to deal with it, that's the name of the game that we're promoting is like to understand it and to deal with it in a healthy way. And if you really want to not be stuck in this loop where you're just reacting all the time and getting stressed out all the time, then take preventative measures. Find your way of getting ahead of stress so that you can see it coming. It's just like the other stuff that we're teaching is like, once you get good at it, you can feel the stress starting to mount and you're like, oh, there you are, buddy. And then you just deal with it. You're like, oh, that means I need to go do this or talk to my brother. Or like, I need to go vent. I need to go for a walk. I need to just sit by a river and think pensively next to a tree or whatever. I need to go paint a beautiful silhouette of a mountain or whatever it is. Do it. Otherwise, you are at the mercy of stress and stress will win every single time unless you get ahead of it. You need the high ground. Otherwise, stress will just pour over you and wash over every facet of your life and you will feel out of control. And it's the suckiest feeling you could imagine. And Benji and I have both definitely been there. I've definitely been a spaz dad myself. It's a terrible feeling because on the other side of it, when stress turns to anger and you let it go on your family, you feel like a monster. You feel like a terrible person. It's such a regrettable thing because you are impacting them negatively. So everybody, please take care of yourselves. Find your way to get ahead of stress by taking care of yourself, finding chances to dance. I love to dance like crazy with our kids. We do that quite often where we just dance until we're sweating, whether it's meditation, whatever the thing is, try some stuff out and see what helps to calm you down and put you in a nice, relaxed state. Mm. Any last words, Banger? That's it. I think we nailed it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As always, we've been getting some great feedback, Benji. Before we go, like we got a really heartwarming email from somebody who's the wife of somebody who'd been struggling for a while and was saying how much she loves listening to the podcast, how much High Noon impacted her. And she just wanted to let us know. So that was heartwarming. Please, if you have any emails like that, send them our way. If you have any criticisms or critiques and you would like us to improve something, send it our way. If you have any suggestions for podcast episodes, Pierre Beauregard is a champion. I think we've had three or four guests because specifically he was like, oh, you should have this person on the podcast. And I was like, okay, introduce me. They were on the podcast. So if you guys have ideas, I'm sure we're just two people. If you have ideas, let us know. We're happy to hear. So please reach out to us. We love it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Lots of love. Hey, everybody. Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to let you know that we have completely revamped our offering known as the Ascend Program. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that the Ascend program has been our flagship porn recovery program for years. And we've added a lot of content, we've tweaked things here and there, but recently we've completely done an overhaul in terms of our approach to recovery. And here's why. You see, originally we tried to appeal to everybody and we just let everybody come in. Anybody who said that they wanted to tackle porn, we just let them join and there's a very low barrier of entry. But what we found was that a lot of people who thought they were ready to tackle their porn addiction or who kind of wanted to, they didn't always show up in the best way and they, in many cases, brought the group dynamic down. And so what we've done is we've made the barrier of entry a little higher. And in turn, we've made our offering much more powerful. 
let me explain. So when you sign up now, there is a small fee for everybody to sign up, but you get that money back once you finish that quarter. It's in kind of an escrow as a challenge for you to take your time more seriously because if you put money into something and you're only gonna get it back out if you really try, if you really attend your classes, if you really do all the work, then guess what? Your motivation to do that work is much higher. So that's the first thing. Second thing is we are, of course, offering our weekly call groups as a part of the Ascend program. So you'll have your group that you meet with every single week, and that's super important. But in addition to that, you're going to get daily accountability. You'll be able to message with somebody every single day in order to stay on track with your North Star goal. And more than that, every quarter you get two one-on-one -on -one calls with a high noon staff. That is a one-on-one -on -one call where we do a deep dive into where you're at and where you're going. And we help you to diagnose precisely what actions will be most useful for your time, for your energy, so that you can get the biggest results for your energy spent. So we are doing our best here at Highland to make sure that you grow the most in the shortest amount of time. It's all a part of our new roadmap that we've created. Anyway, we've been doing this for a while, but we are always getting better and better. And this quarter, the first quarter in 2023 is going to be monumental. So please sign up for this Ascend program. Take it super seriously and just watch what happens. Watch how your life transforms in a short period of time.